Blue Shirts fans. And Madhouse Maniacs. Oh, I hate that. And Boston haters alike, um, welcome (laughs) to the Worst Hockey Podcast. So, today is a day of thanks, of giving. So, I'm thankful for Nick. I'm going to give you guys this episode, which I think might be our best one in the division breakdown so far, because I feel like we have a lot to talk about. But, yeah, so how's your Thanksgiving going there, buddy? Dude, it was great. Um, You know, we do every year we go over to my wife's grandparents' house, and it was a little... It was a little rough this year just because it was the first holiday after her grandmother passed. It was kind of like the glue of the family. And uh, sure. so we went over there, Oliver, her, she, she comes from a very large family on both sides, her mom and her dad's side. And so all of her aunts were there, um, their significant others, um, and then all the kids, of course. So it was just fun. It was I'm I'm kind of used to it because I came from a big family and then, you know, family animosity took over after that. So it ended up, you know, my family dwindling down to only about three to four people. <laughs> and then uh, so I'm just I'm used to like the loud, especially because like the household I come from, which is very, you know, Greek and Italian and Polish household. So it's very, uh, very loud as it is just on a normal Tuesday night. <laughs> so then you add on a. Uh, a holiday on top of it, but uh, it was fun though. Oh, we had a good time. How was my nephew's first Thanksgiving? Oh man, dude, I'm telling you, like that kid's got more friends than me, and like I say that as a joke, but like every day it slowly becomes true, more though. reality. Yeah, exactly. No, it becomes, it's true though. It, it's, anyone it's, that wants to come <laughs> hang out with you just really wants to hang out with your kid. I get it. It's fine. It's facts. It's it's, it's facts. big facts. <laughs> but so, um, my family, you know, come from a big Italian family too. We do the same thing. Uh, our Thanksgiving's a little. Uh, weird, I guess you can say, because everybody has other families they have to go to, right? They're always making turkey when you go to somebody else's house. So I went to yep. my wife's family's house, which is my family now, too. We hang out there a lot, actually. But they don't do turkey because we don't want turkey. So we do, like, lasagna and, like, ravioli and the most Italian shit you could do, right? <laughs> we do lasagna <laughs> on Christmas Eve. Yeah, <laughs> we, do, we do, too. So my grandma makes lasagna every year on Christmas. But then it's like, for me, it's like I have lasagna twice a year. It's Thanksgiving and Christmas. So I, I don't mind it, you know, because I, I, I look forward to it. But I'm going over to uh, my wife's family's house. Like I said, my family, too, now. And I went over there early to help set up so that when everybody got there, I knew there'd be a lot of people to help make dinner. So I wouldn't feel bad about playing video games in the living room all day because, A... <laughs> I've already done the work. I've I, I've deserved to play games. And two, there's going to be so many fucking people there that want my son that I won't have to be a dad for six hours. So I was like, all right, Dude, this is my, it's t- the, <laughs> my time to game. It is the greatest feeling. That is the greatest feeling. Literally, yeah. my wife yeah. and I were talking about that when we were going over, when like we were getting ready to go over to their house. I was just like, Dude, it's going to be great. We don't have to be parents all day. She goes, What do you mean? And I was like, Everyone's just going to want to hold Riley and play with Riley. And like, I don't, we don't have to fucking worry about shit. Like, it's great. <laughs> Exactly. It's like, you know, I, I love my son and I love hanging out with my kid and I love kissing him and loving him. And, but you know, you, sometimes you want a little break. I mean, sure. when your family's there, the people that you trust, the people that love that kid, it, it's a, it's a good, uh, it's a good way to just push him off on someone else for a couple hours. And then, like I said, I was playing, I was playing Uncharted for, they had the remastered version for PlayStation Damn. 4 just in their living room. And I was like, you know what? I deserve to play this right now, so I just I was playing that and, and put on the hardest difficulty, was sweating it out, and was having a great time. There you go. <laughs> so that's awesome, man. I'm glad you had a. I'm glad you and the fam had a good Thanksgiving. 
Me too. And I'm, I'm glad you had one too. It's like it's it's so different now when you're like a dad because <laughs> it's sure, like 100%. you just see, you see things so differently now. And I'm just thinking, my kid's still too young for even anything, but you just want him to have a good time, right? And then when he's mm-hmm. being loved and kissed and held, you're like, okay, cool. It's like I ha- I have no purpose. Like I'm just gonna sit here, I guess. So that was like, all right, I'll just right. play video games because I got nothing else to do. <laughs> Right. No, that was that was pretty much like it like 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 it was at at her grandparents' house. And this was another cool part too. So it's like her like their their living room, right? The her grandparents' living room, they have like three couches. Or I'm sorry, not three couches, like, like two two couches, but like basically three recliner chairs, right? So it's <laughs> like each part of the couch like reclines out. And so it was her grandfather, me, her aunt's husband and then her other aunt's husband across from us and i was after dinner and we all kicked our feet up and it was just the three of us leaning back and just talking about sports and work and training at the gym and all that stuff and we were all just kind of just like laid back and just chilling and then her aunt's um son so i guess her nephew yeah so her nephew comes bailey's nephew comes waddling up to her um to her aunt's husband Matt, and just curls up in his arms and just passes out, like in his arms. So he's oh, knocked out on Matt damn. while he's reclined. And Bailey comes up to me. She was like, "Hey, we're gonna play. Um, uh, what do you mean?" And she was nice. like, "Do you want to play?" And I looked at her and I was like, "Do you see how reclined back I am right now?" And no, I'm not getting up and playing a card game. That's not happening. Yeah, that and was... she was like, she was like, okay, then here, hold this, and handed me Riley. So Riley then curls up next to me, and so I had a, I had the iPad up, so he's watching Cars, and so it's her grandfather, me, Riley, and iPad, and then look over, and it's Matt and his son, and then across from us is uh, her other aunt's husband, and we're all just sitting there, curled up, just bullshitting, and it was like, wow, this, like, it reminded me a lot of, like, when I was younger, um, and we had, like, the big Thanksgivings and stuff like that, and it was literally the exact same thing, and it was wild, and it was just crazy how it was like, you look, and it's just like, wow, this is kind of full circle, like, I kind of, I, I dig this, this is cool. The baby landing zone, right? That was the baby landing zone, that's where <laughs> that all the babies the baby landed. Landing zone. I'm usually where the baby landing zone is too, even before I had a kid, because that's where the kids want to be, right? So, well, it's the most comfiest spot. It's either a couch or a recliner or something. It's the comfiest spot. Of course, they're gonna. It's gonna be the baby landing zone. So, on on a lighter note, I hope everybody else had a great Thanksgiving. And if uh, if you didn't, well, then uh, you can listen at least to this, right, and, and hang out with us. Right, we'll, yeah. be, we'll, we'll be your Thanksgiving. We don't mind. <laughs> so I have to. We have to as a unit need to speak about so next year january 2024 i don't know the exact day but they have the winter (laughs) the winter classic it's in vegas and seattle kind of cool two newer teams they're getting together to have a a winter classic i think that it's um obviously it's done on purpose right two new franchises it'll be their first and it'll be fun to see them you know play a winter classic together there's two different t-mobile arenas vegas plays at t-mobile and seattle plays at T-Mobile. They both have T-Mobiles. This will be in Seattle's T-Mobile. But we got to talk about we just got to talk about Seattle and Vegas's jerseys in general. Specifically yes, these winter really. classics. Yeah, these winter classics and I, I want to go on a slight tangent here. I always think it's really hilarious. And look, I'm not trying to be a hater. I always think it's hilarious when the retro reverses come out every year and you see one for Dallas or uh, you see one for Seattle and you see one for Vegas. I'm like 
what's the retro? What are we reversing? I don't, I don't, I don't get, okay. I know they, I know they can't be excluded from the entire league getting new jerseys, right? But it's hilarious to me because, like, here's the retro reverse from a, a franchise that's three years old. Like, okay, well, hear me out. Me, it, it, hear me out on this, and let me go on a tangent real quick. But the one thing that I've noticed with a lot of the reverse retros is that it, it kind of plays to more of the like history of hockey in that city. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. And so it's like, you know, you look at the Blackhawks ones and it was like from the 1940s and the 1960s of the jerseys and stuff. So it's like, you know, they're they're cool looking jerseys. It just happened to be that, you know, they were already an established team. Right. Like that and same thing. New York that, is Liberty Head, right? The, yeah, New York is the Liberty Head, and so that's that's my take on that. So it's like it's almost like the um, you know the history of the town or history of the city through hockey, right? And in in my opinion, yeah. Vegas really has missed the mark. Now, don't get me wrong i I'm a sucker for diagonal words, right? Facts. As much as I hate it, the Pittsburgh jersey with just just Pittsburgh going across, like the one Snoop Dogg wore. It's clean. It's clean. The Rangers jersey has a chokehold on me. Clean. Clean. Um, Fucking who else has one? Colorado has one. They do. I do like it. I like the Marine. I like it. It's clean. Vegas's reverse retro last year, where it just said Vegas going across from shoulder to hip. I bought one. Lie to you. Bought one, and it, it, it. Like I said, I'm a sucker for diagonal words. I think those are like the cleanest jerseys that they could ever come out with, and I love them. I agree. Um, I agree. There has been, and I want to say that the only tie to some sort of hockey history that Vegas had was the reverse retro. I can't remember. I think it was like the 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 second year that they were in, or was the red jersey with the secondary logo on the front. Uh, first of all, yeah. I love that. I wish I wish that more teams would incorporate the second logo as the primary every now and then. Like, I, like I would love a Blackhawks jersey where it's the C with the Tomahawks. I'd love that. I'd love just one of that. That'd be so cool. Um, I, I, and the only thing that they had it was just like it said something about 1995 in the collar, and I was like. Okay, so I this has some this has to have something to do with the Wranglers and the way that it was broken down, the way that like Adidas had broken down, where it was like it, it had ties to the Thunder and the the Wranglers. The problem is, is like you, they, there was almost like no no look alike. You know what I mean? Like oh, okay, you have a pattern on the jersey that looks like it. Okay, it looks like a Thunder jersey. You have a pattern on it that looks like a Wranglers jersey. You have a 1995 for the Wranglers. Like I don't know. It just didn't. It didn't hit. You know what I mean? No, I, I hear right. you. I, I, and to, to your point, the second logos is something they should do more of. I know for myself, like the Rangers and like the torch, like NY and the torch. Yeah. yeah. But here's here's the thing on that, bro. It's just a funny, quick little side story. That has so like not used. That's what I have on my ankle. Like that's the tattoo on my ankle. It's the torch with the NY. I've had that one for probably fuck. Jesus. We've had that one for a minute. Yeah, probably eight years now I've had this one. But I've had it for so long, and they use that 
logo so little that I thought it was Mandela effect that like it didn't even <laughs> exist because I'm like where the fuck I'm looking for it right and I'm like where's where this torch I'm, tr- this yeah, I'm like where's the torch and you really got to dig for it but why am I equating this to the Rangers where did yeah, I'm I like, see yeah. this I'm like who, who you, what is this even like this could be like an AHL <laughs> team I saw I don't know but like no it's I, I agree with the second it's it's off topic it's but the I agree Coachella I agree. Valley Thunderbirds <laughs> literally right I'm like oh man. <laughs> The witch, the Wichita torches. I'm like, oh man, that's not even my team. Um, no, nah, dude, and like that's, I agree. You know, I mean, the, I wish that I kind of got the the sea with the tomahawk tattooed on me. Um, instead, I have the feathers, but it's kind of like a conjoining thing because my mom and I have matching tattoos, and we we have matching feathers tattooed on on the same wrist, which yeah. coincidentally coincidentally is actually my my whole chicago sleeve so it like worked out really well <laughs> you got you got but, lucky bro you got lucky I, with yeah, that I, one i, I lucked the fuck out man i let my mom pick the spot everything and she's just like i want to put it on my left wrist and i was like oh thank god <laughs> like, <laughs> i have the chicago skyline going down my left forearm and i'm like oh thank god <laughs> Thank God you didn't pick faces. I haven't even started thinking about face tattoos yet. Thank God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I don't even have anything on my my, my torso or my, or my chest or my back. And I'm so thankful you didn't choose chest. <laughs> but um, no, dude. So going back to what we were talking about, I, I, I don't see any sort of history of Las Vegas or just or hockey in Vegas period on on Vegas's winter classic jersey. I I just think it looks like it just bleh. It looks meh. I am so fucking I am fucking goddamn it rock hard about fucking Seattle's jersey. So fucking and it it that it, it embodies hockey in in Seattle. And and just the history of hockey in Washington, because I don't know if you know what that logo is actually based off of. Negative. No, I don't. So it is actually, and I did research on this like way before Seattle even became a team, because when they were trying to pick the names, I'm like, and I knew I know a little bit about like the the history of Seattle hockey. Um, they so they were originally they were the Seattle Metropolitans, um, and now I'm talking. We are talking about from like 1915 to 1924 back. It was like the NHL wasn't the NHL. It was the Pacific Coast Hockey Association. Um, so it, like they were just like this kind of, I don't know, kind of bullshitty team, right? It was like it was professional hockey, but it wasn't professional hockey. But they were the first team to ever win like a professional hockey championship. So their name is actually still on the Stanley Cup from 1917. Um, like the name and all of the players, they're, they're on there, the Seattle Metropolitans. Um, their logo is a red S, and inside the S spells out Seattle. And so that's why you look at like the red S on the front of the Kraken jersey, and it says Kraken going down it. It was It's totally from the Seattle Metropolitans. And I'm like, that is a perfect way to come out the gate and give like, that should have been your reverse retro. I like Seattle's sure. reverse retro from last year. I like that one a lot. I like, cause it, you know, Seattle has, is a very big, you know, like native American population and, and just a lot of homage to it. 
And so it kind of looks like, um, uh, just like it, it pays, uh, what's it called to it? No homage. <laughs> I'm yes. an idiot. I said, yeah. I fucking said that word yes. and I'm an idiot. It pays but, its respects you know, to respect. Yes. Yeah. It pays, it pays its respects to the native American community. Um, and so I like, I like last year's reverse retro for Seattle, but I like this so much more and I would have been okay if it flipped. Like if if last year's reverse retro was this year's winter classic, and la- this year's winter classic was last year's reverse retro, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and, and you know what? I, with with that information, because I was not aware of that, I don't fucking know everything that happens in hockey for the past two hundred years. You call yourself a hockey fan, <laughs> especially in Seattle, right? But no, <laughs> that makes sense, dude. And honestly, like that being explained, that is actually really really cool. And I, and I'm gonna look into that too because that sounds really really awesome that they did that. Even you're right, it'd be better if they did it as a retro. But I think that they were saving it for the Winter Classic because more people are gonna be watching, right? More people are gonna care. Sure. So I figured that's probably their way of saying, "Look, uh, people are gonna be here, so let's show them who we used to be and who we are and what we became." Pretty sweet, yeah. honestly. But no, it's the... fucking so rad. It's so fucking cool. And and sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I just when I'm talking about like tying the history of the city to your to your sweater right so you're basically when you're a professional sports team you're the pillars of the community right so that is a perfect way to show that like yo hey we are we are here we know our history we love our history we're here for it put us put we're gonna put you on our backs and we're gonna fucking right off into the sunset no, and yeah, like I mean, for obviously for New York, Liberty Head is everything, right? That that's the symbol mm-hmm. of New York. That is New York. Lady Liberty is the symbol of New York, and having the Liberty Head, in my opinion, looks looks clean. All the Rangers goalies are going to have a sweet Liberty Head goalie like helmet. It's going to oh, be yeah. like it's going to be some. It's going to be if you're a Ranger or a blue shirt, it's incorporated into your blood somehow. Lady Liberty, either the head, the torch, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, right? It's always same gonna be for the feathers. Exactly. It's, so you're it's never, the same for the Blackhawks feathers you're never going to not know what that means. You're never going to not know what team that's associated with. So like, I get that. And this thing with, with Seattle, actually, when I hear that now is, is really, really cool. But on the flip side, this is my personal opinion. Again, not trying to be a hater. I've never liked any iteration of Jersey that Vegas has done because I just don't like the colorway. The only one that I even liked was that first one you were talking about, which was the red with the, like, X the secondary sword. logo, yeah, the secondary yeah. logo, because that's kind of it's kind of clean, like real simple, like better well, than their original Vegas, colors. Man. You know, like I, I, it's just I don't care, well, bro. It's, it's it just fucking doesn't Vegas, work for like, me. It doesn't work like, for me. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, is like it's Vegas. Like that logo is Vegas. Oh yeah, it's yeah, 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 star, yeah, yeah. It's the star from the fucking Welcome to Las Vegas sign. You have the the uh, what's it called? The swords. You have the colorway on a red jersey. It's fucking sick. And it's like that ties Vegas all together. I hate the fucking the head, the 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 Spartan logo. I fucking hate it. And I don't care what anyone says. It's a fucking Spartan logo. Really? Um, that's a Spartan helmet. Um, and to me, that, that jersey, that iteration of the jersey, the red one with the, the sword and the X, you know, that one to me, it reminds me personally when I look at it, I think of the underdog mentality of mm-hmm. Vegas. I think of like the grit. We don't deserve a team. P- 
people are saying we don't deserve a team and look here we are we're doing pretty fucking good i think of mark andre flurry i think of that that team you know that mm-hmm. core team that first core team i that that's what it reminds to me again i'm not a fan of vegas but that's what i see when i see that so to me that was a great jersey for the time not only because it looked pretty good but also it encompass like when you see a, a liberty head every liberty head iteration Someone's going to have a different perspective depending on how they watch hockey, right? My dad's right. going to see the Liberty head and think of a time that he's probably going to think of an early Henrik Lundqvist time, right? A deep run with Henrik Lundqvist or even the uh, like 2014 year or something. You know what I'm saying? You know or what me. I think of when I see the Liberty head? Ah. I cannot remember his name, but it was like – it was big news for a while. But it was that long shootout game. Where the one of the Rangers defensemen scored the game winner, and I can't remember it for the life of me, but I know that you know the game that I'm talking about, and it, it, it that's what it reminds me of because they were wearing that sweater. So uh, it's like Ke- every time. I think it was Keandre Miller. I think you're talking about Miller. It was. It yeah. was Keandre Miller. Um, and, and, and that's what I think of every time I see the the Liberty head, just because they were wearing that jersey. And every time I see it, I'm just like defenseman shootout goal. Fucking yeah. love to see it. And for me, what I'm going to think of is that reverse retro liberty is cursed because there was a fucking a whole bunch of <laughs> games last year that every time we wore that sweater, we lost. So I'm like, this yeah. fucking sweater is cursed. It's the old Liberty head that's got the magic, not this new bullshit reverse one. Don't wear them. And then you you would like get in the game. You know, you load up the game, ESPN Plus, you got Sam and Joe talking, welcome back to Rangers hockey. You're like, oh my God, welcome back to New York. Oh my God, it's going to be great. And then you see your guys get onto the ice in the retro reverse liberty. You're like, oh, no, no, please, no, please don't, no. And it was just like, it ruined your night. But you still watch because it's your team. But that was you, know, the same, you know it was bad. That was like the same thing that happened with the Blackhawks too. Like when they had the winter classic jersey, like those black winter classic jerseys from a couple years ago, like the black and white ones. Dude, the most fire fucking jersey in the NHL. I don't care what anyone says. I will, I will die on that hill and take everyone down with me. That was probably like the sickest jersey I've ever seen the Hawks skate on the ice with, and I was in love from every and every shift that a Blackhawks player took. I was just fell more and more in love with that jersey, and I apparently so did the rest of the fan base. So much so that they incorporated uh, uh, they incorporated that jersey as like a third alternate that year, and as like, as like a third jersey that year, and it was fucking super rad because every now and then it would, you would just see a black and white picture of like Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane on. Oh man, I feel old now. But you'd see a black and white picture of like Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane like hugging each other wearing the jersey, and you're like, they're gonna fucking stroll out on the ice on these bitches. Hell yeah, I'm super stoked. And then they would get fucking obliterated in them. <laughs> and I'm like, you're fuck these jerseys are fucking cursed, man. Stop wearing them. They're so fucking sick. <laughs> like they're well, so sick. Just fucking <laughs> just make them like a you know if you ever win the Stanley Cup or whatever again, just wear those. <laughs> like you can't wear those and play a fucking game again, dude. Literally. <laughs> Uh, speak to speak to sweaters. I'm going to close it off on sweaters. Um, I think that obviously original 16, but Chicago has a very iconic jersey. So you looked at on that one. I think you have to see that one a lot, right? So yeah. pretty pretty iconic home jersey. And also, this is just an extra little side note, little bit of extra credit because you wouldn't think I would say this about a team that I shouldn't like, right? New Jersey, they're all black with it just says Jersey and cursive across it. Gosh. The Jersey jerseys, Garbage. I I think they're Garbage. clean, bro. I think they're Garbage. pretty fucking clean. The the simple. I like the simpleness, right? The simple things. If they Look, work, they work. The jersey, they're jersey jerseys, bro. They're yeah, jerseys that's from Jersey. Why I hate it. That's why I fucking <laughs> hate it. That is one hundred percent the reason why I hate it. You're telling me 
I understand that the nickname for New Jersey is Jersey. I get it. I 100% understand it. I think it's cool. Just like how, you know, fucking whatever. Like, you know, Las Vegas has Vegas, right? You know exactly what it is. When you say Jersey, you know exactly where it is. But I feel like they should have put the word new on there. Just New Jersey across the front. Nah, bro. Jersey, Jersey. It's a Jersey, Jersey, bro. It's fucking garbage is what it is, buddy. I don't care what anyone says. It's a Jersey bought off Timu, right? Yeah, it's exactly what it is. (laughs) It's a Jersey. That jersey. is no. You know what it is? Is like when you're scrolling through Facebook and you see like uh, an ad to make your own custom jerseys, and it just says Jersey across the front of yeah, it. Yeah, and then That's the, exactly and then what that the is. The targeted ad is called Custom Jerseys for You dot com, right? Like Jersey, <laughs> Jersey. <laughs> well, we did speak about some jerseys. We talk about some sweaters, but let's talk about the only two sweaters that matter: the red and the blue, which is New York and Chicago. I'll start this one off because, wow. Okay, so the Rangers are 12-1-1 and in the last 14 games played. Disgusting. How did we get here? Don't care. Don't care how we got here, but we're here, right? Absolutely fantastic. We played a game against Pittsburgh. Fucking Jonathan Quick played lights out. Literally got a shutout. We played against Philadelphia, and exactly what I always say happens, right? Igor lets a soft one in. One that he wishes he could take back. And after that, he shuts the fucking door. We beat, New- we beat New Jersey. We beat Philly. We beat Pittsburgh. I mean, divisionally, they can't stop us. They can't touch us. And it's even... Uh, I-, I wish that we waited to do the Metro because you'd, you'd be surprised at what the Metro looks like right now. Fucking Washington's up there. It's, it's, it's the central division. Washington is about... Or not Washington. The Metro is about as crazy as the Pacific right now. It is, it is absolutely bonkers all over the place if you told me some of the teams would be where they are and that the fucking rangers would be at the top and be a third in the league right like mm-hmm. one game out from being tied with boston mm-hmm. wow I, I i honestly i <laughs> wowzers. <laughs> wowzers i would not have been able to like even comprehend my dad said it best the other day he said i'm just waiting to wake up i'm just waiting to wake up tomorrow and you tell me that it's all a dream and i'm like nah like bro this is this is new feeling. york yeah, this is New York hockey, bro. And like I said, it it makes it so much sweeter when I watch it with my dad and my wife. And then I come here and I talk to my best friend who's a supporter of the Rangers. And, and we're like, you know, surrounded by positivity. I stay off the internet and don't watch what all these other people are saying about the Rangers because it's always negative, even from the Rangers fan base. But to see where we are right now, and I get it, we're only about a quarter away through this season right now. But we've never had a start like this prolifically in history. We've never had a, right. a start like this in New York. It's never well, been this met- good. It's not. A, it's not a matter of how you start. It's a matter about how you finish. So, do you think that that pace right now that they're on is sustainable? Um, like genuinely? Yeah, and and let, let me tell you why I think that. I do believe that, and let me tell you why. Because even these games that we've been winning, we haven't been firing on all cylinders. Mika Zibanejad didn't wake up till yesterday. Okay. <laughs> Literally yesterday, and Mika Zibanejad could be put up in the top 10 scores in the league from the past couple seasons, just from what he's done, right? You can make the argument, and he has not been that, right? Artemi Panarin's been pretty much taking the team on his back, but then you remember, oh shit, New York has some insane depth, right? And then, like I said, Blake Wheeler yesterday, he said, you know what? Actually, I'm a hockey player. Fuck it, I'm about to wake up too. He's been playing a real good defensive game, but... You know, that guy was the captain. That guy was the leader in Winnipeg. Like, he he is a hockey player. He's tried and true veteran. He's sure. firing on all cylinders. We have our defense, which has literally never looked better than it does right now. And don't get me wrong. I think Quick's been playing an incredible game for himself. But sure. 
the defense playing in front of him is not leaving him out to dry, which you see so many times. Like, like I said, we could be a high-scoring team like Toronto and have no defense and, and not hold that back line and not help our goalie out, and we'd be right where they are, right? Make it really far because you're outscoring most teams, but fall short because you can't handle the sustained pressure in your zone against teams that can sure. score like a Colorado team or a team that can score like that, you know, a Boston, something like that that's going to fire a lot. fucking Columbus. Yeah, right? I mean, if you watch these games with the Rangers, right, a lot of these games, and I'm very hard on this team, right? Because I've known every iteration of this team for the past five years. Every trade, every move, everything ever done, right? So I see the game, you know, like a chessboard. I see it from the top. I'm not watching a hockey game. I'm I'm watching the Rangers and what I know that they can do. When I see them playing like this, I'm like, okay, I know there's a next level, right? I know there's a next sure. level for the forwards. I know there's a next level for this team. At any moment, these guys can come alive. We're playing without Adam Fox. We're playing without Philip Heedle, right? Those guys are hurt. Who knows when they're coming back? But again, if our defense is this good now, what's it going to look like when Adam Fox comes back, right? Which is another right. top 10 defenseman in this league. That's undisputable. That's not even an opinion that I have. That's, that's across the league. Everybody knows that, right? We're playing without him. And... Igor hasn't found his stride yet, even though he's winning games. His numbers look insane still. You can check the stats. And he's not even playing like Igor can play. That's the thing. Igor has another step that's above where he is, like that legendary goalie status where he's up there with Vasilevsky and a Sorokin, where they just do shit that's not possible to do unless you're playing a video game, right? Unless it's right. NHL 24, like you're not doing this shit on the ice. It's not happening. Yeah. So, yes, I believe it's sustainable. Do I believe that there's going to be a rough patch here eventually? Maybe sure. possibly, it's but an eighty-two maybe, game season, of course, there's going to be a yeah. rough patch. There's going to be a also. Of we've also never had a coach in recent years like Peter Laviolette that sees his team not as just a team, but as tools and pieces that can be used while also keeping the humanity in it and making sure that his team's mental health is there. We have never had that, and like I said, in hockey in general, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but it's go 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 go. As soon as the puck drops, opening night, right? And it's go 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 sure. go until you're eliminated. And I feel like Peter Laviolette has a very healthy way of saying, look. If you work hard for me, I'm going to make sure that this season's easy as possible for you. I'm going to make sure I give you the resources you need. I'm going to make sure I sit. I'm going to make sure I sit you when I think that there's even an inkling of something wrong. Igor Shosturkin was out for about two to three weeks because he kind of got hurt a little bit. He said, "There's no chance I'm going to take making sure that you don't get hurt. I don't even want to risk it. Pull up everybody from fucking Hartford, Jonathan Quick. You got a you got a runny nose. Guess what? You're out too. Game like, starting." <laughs> like, 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 get, you're out too. Let me pull up the other guys from Hartford. Like, I'm going to find the support that you need. And it just seems like mm -hmm. even during the games, right? Um, Artemi Panarin's hot, right? Double shipped his line. Oh, Mika Zibanejad is hot? Double shipped his line. Okay, the top line's being countered by Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. Cool. Pull him off. Put, put Blake Wheeler up there. Move this guy down. It's a never-ending, like, never-stopping chess match that he's playing against the other team which is what's going to win games at the end of the day and i don't think we've even scratched the surface of what new york can do obviously i'm a rangers fan so i'm biased but if you watch this team, you, yeah yeah i am a little bit but Aww. if you watch if you watch this team from opening night and see where we are now and realize we have so much more to offer i think that there's a lot more we can offer this this season and i think it's going to be one that we're going to remember for a long time for better or for worse right okay I like it. I like it a lot. That was a long-winded answer, but... That know, was, yeah. Holy shit. I, I do. This, this shit's rattling around in my brain, bro. This is why we do this show, because this shit is ever... Like, here's the thing. One side note, and I'll let you talk about Chicago, because I have some stuff to say about them, too. Oh, no, take your time. Take, <laughs> take, your, take, take your time. Here's the thing, is that the reason 
the reason why we do the show in the first place, right, is I don't script any of this. I don't have an idea of what I'm going to say, except for some of the things that we're going to talk about. We have an itinerary of like the points that we're going to talk. Let me preface that real quick too, because I want to, uh, you're hundred percent right. We have an itinerary of things that we want to talk about, right? Four or five different points of different things, right? Like the Thanksgiving recap, the winter classic jerseys, the, you know, New York and Chicago, because hello, you know who your hosts are, right? Hello. So hello. So yeah, it's not it's you know not not scripted, but it's it's not scripted. You know what I mean? So it's like we have these points that we want to talk about. Everything else after that is just word vomit. Like and you get exactly. some off the wall meatball bullshit, dude. <laughs> and the and the meatball takes our meatball in. They do be meatballing, but the thing is, is like when you spend so much time like investing in sports, just in general, it doesn't even have to be hockey, right? You spend so much time investing in sports. You think you you kind of become an armchair coach, right? A little bit, but sure. when you spend so much coach, time invested, yeah. manager, when, <laughs> water boy, but <laughs> water boy. When, when you spend so much time and you spend so much of your life watching a team, I am just as qualified to talk about the New York Rangers as Biz is on fucking national television. I'm sorry to say <laughs> he might have a better way of wording it because he's been on TV and he's not going to drop as many fuck bombs as I'm going to, but. Nobody knows the Rangers better than me. And honestly, I always try to come from a perspective that's non-biased as possible. I'm gassing them up. I'm gassing them the fuck up right now. Yes, I am. Because they're 12-1-1. and I am okay. able to. I don't have to talk about the holes in their game. And like I said, there are holes in their game. There are things that they could do better. But the sheer resilience and the literal no quit in New York that they're showing has made them win games. Even games that they shouldn't have. And again... Whoever's between the pipes usually is a big factor in why we win, and that's a reason why New York goes that far. But when the whole squad, line one through four, gets together and starts making decisions and starts doing things right, it just it, it just can't be stopped. I mean, we have a fourth liner, or I'm sorry, a third line defenseman from Hartford that could not make the cut the last two years. He was not good enough. He was too small. He was not strong enough. He could not... Stay in the rush. He could not make defensive decisions correctly. Now this guy is our third-line defenseman paired with another great defenseman, probably Braden Schneider, who's another young guy, and he's a part of the team. That does not happen. Mm -hmm. AHL guys do not come up and start playing NHL-caliber games just all of a sudden, right? It's because of the mentality. It's because of the culture that's being built in New York behind the scenes. It makes it so that you're like, wow— we have so much depth. We have so many players doing the right thing that this would take years to teach all these people. Not only are they professionals, right? You got to wrangle all these guys together and teach them how to play like this without thinking. And that's where we are right now. That's why I'm not worried. That's why I think we can go the distance. And that's why I think Rangers have a lot more in the tank. And I think a lot of people that are Rangers denialists or haters are gonna re- are, are really gonna see like, okay, Rangers yeah, you don't get to be third in the NHL in the entire league by accident, right? No matter what time of the year it is, you don't get to be at that point by accident. And that's all I'm going to say about the Rangers right now. I'm just more surprised you didn't talk about the human freight train, Jacob Druba, and especially oh last goodness. night against Philly. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I'll, 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 I will touch on that for just a second. Here's, here's what's funny to me, right? I... I I mean, he's the scumbag villain of the story. He is in every, t- every, every single 
arena he goes into, they're booing him, right? And in New yeah. York, they're going troops. So I think it's hilarious because it's like the boo, the troops. He knows which ones are which, right? But it's funny because they almost sound the same, but I think it's hilarious. So every time right. that he gets booed in any stadium he plays, especially in Pittsburgh, right? They go boo. And I'm like, hey, they're shouting troops, right? Yeah. So like, that must be it. That's the troop chant. That's great. I love that. But here's the other yeah. thing that I think is fucking literally hilarious. I was, my wife was like, oh, they always booing him. And I was like, well, if you're being booed at every stadium you go to unanimously, you're doing something right. I said, I would be more concerned if when Jacob got the puck in Winnipeg or Pittsburgh or Philly, they were like, yay, Jacob Truba. I would be like, wait a minute. This is weird, bro. Like, <laughs> this is scary. What the hell's going on? Why are you guys cheering for Jacob Truba? Because you like his haircut? Like, what? what is this, man? I don't understand. But no, that's that's funny that you brought that up because – we literally were just talking about this yesterday. I was like, "Hey, if you're, if you're unanimously being booed across the across the league at every stadium you play, you got to be doing something right. At right. least for New York, you're doing something right in the perspective of New York." That's fair. I mean, that's a hundred percent fair. I mean, Jacob Truba is who Ryan Reeves wants to be, and oh, hundred percent, hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just wanted to talk more about Jacob Truba. I I will be the first one to admit, I was a very big Jacob Truba fucking hater these past three years just because I'm like, dude, fuck that guy. He's just a fucking wannabe goon. He's a fourth liner. He's, he ain't shit. They gave him the captaincy because of, um, what's it, seniority. I'm like, he doesn't fucking deserve to wear the C. He doesn't deserve to be on the ice. And now I'm just like, fuck. I love Jacob Truba. You know, I hate him when he's playing the Hawks because it never fails that, like, you know, he just absolutely rips, <laughs> rips whoever. I mean, it doesn't matter who he's playing. He will rip someone's fucking head off in front of you. And it'll be the funniest goddamn thing you've ever watched in your entire life, unless it's your team. But, uh, you know, just, I, I fucking, I, I can see it now. I see it now. I get it. I'm a big Jacob Truba fan now. I mean, he he ripped a fat Truba train uh, against Jersey, and the place went fucking nuts about it. But here's the thing I'll say. You look at Jacob Truba, and and from the outside perspective from another league or from another team, right? That's the perspective you're going to have, right? A goon, blah, 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 blah. The backstory for it, right? Look, there's always going to be people who have more seniority, right? There are people on the team that they thought would be the captain before Jacob. What he does behind the scenes, we do not see. So I can't speak to that. All I can speak to you is when he's had the C on his jersey, what he has done. I'm not just talking about the checks, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of the time and this is another huge reason why I think the Rangers are going to stay on top for a while. Here's some things. Yes, teams talk to each other but if you watch a majority of the games, right, there's always some type of talk from the coach, some type of banter on the lines. They're not just sitting there, right? Like, oh, we have these lines, we're just going to run them, right? That's not all that New York does. They're talking with the coach. Laviolette's coming up. The other coaches are coming up. And not only that, when they're on the ice before a faceoff, you'll see New York huddle up a lot. And it's a lot of the time it's led by Jacob Truba. Not only sure. are they talking about the strategies that they're going to do and where they're going to be and positioning and stuff, but they say all the time. It's it's so hilarious too because like I call him like the ringmaster, right, or literally the chess master. When Igor Shosturkin's not playing, he's sitting on the bench with his little hat on. He looks hilarious, right, like a little cute kid like <laughs> waiting, waiting to play like his peewees, right? He's just sitting there, stupid little look on his face. But you'll notice, right, if a game's getting challenging or a goalie's playing off his rocker standing on his head, they'll see a lot of times 
Igor will flag somebody down from the line, right? Maybe it's a top line or line two, whatever. He'll flag them down, and you'll see Igor picking this goalie apart. He'll be like, look, top shelf. What I don't know exactly what he's saying, right? But he's like, hey, he's always pointing around, doing all this stuff, and he's giving the intel. That happens a lot on the Rangers team throughout a game, even when it's not going right. They kind of strategize and, and talk is- about it, and that's what Jacob does a lot is he leads those on the ice. That is literally the sign of a team that is firing on all cylinders, and I love to see it. You love to see it. You really fucking yeah, do. Yeah, you do. Um, you do. It's, it's, yeah, I'm like, I'm really, really liking the way that New York has been playing, and they've been making hockey fun to watch, especially, especially once we get into the fucking depressing. So I'm glad that we got your high out of the way. Allow me Thank to you, buddy. I appreciate it. Allow me to come in with a fucking downer. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go get some coffee. That... I'll be right back. You could you could talk to the the podcast nation because uh, I don't want to be here for this. It's gonna be sad. No, you need to be here for this because <laughs> if I have to live vicariously through you, I need you to be grounded with me um, for sure. I know that I I had said a million and a half times I'm going into this season with no expectations. I just want to see a team that could possibly gel together. And they sh- and the Blackhawks showed that for the first couple handful of games, and of course the injury bug. Taylor Hall is now going to be out for the rest of the season for because he has had knee surgery. All that, bro. Um, I'm so sorry. I saw that, dude. The the whatever's happening with Corey Perry is fucking weird, and it's a little fucking nerve wracking. I don't know if you saw any of that lately. Negative. Okay, so um, fucking who was it against? I can't remember if it was against Buffalo or Columbus. I think it was against Columbus. Um, but they had said that, you know, the, whatever the Twitter admin for the Blackhawks had said that, um, scratch that Corey Perry is going to be scratched due to an organizational decision. Not sure what the fuck that means. Um, but there has been literally no word as to what's happening. Is it personal? Is it legal? Is it, uh, is it an injury? Whatever. They have not said anything. Anytime Kyle Davidson or Luke Richardson has had any sort of presser and they get asked about Corey Perry, they just said, we can't go into details about it. We can't go into details about it. We can't oh, go into rough. details about it. I hate Fucking that. Nick Felino was like, they had, you know, the, the media had asked Nick Felino about it. And he was like, you know, we just know that Corey's not with us. We you know we're trying to make this not a distraction. What the fuck is happening? Because oh, literally... Awful. Literally, the practice before the Columbus game, he won, he was on the ice, and two, there was like a picture of him going around where he was like, he had stepped off the ice to sign a bunch of fucking kids' like merchandise. And he was on the ice practicing. He has not practiced since the Columbus game. Um, and it's just, or, or even since Buffalo. Honestly, I can't remember when this shit fucking happened, to be quite honest with you. I don't remember if it was Buffalo or if it was Columbus, but. It's fucking weird, bro. It's weird and it's a little like I said, it's nerve wracking. Um let me jump in real quick because that's look, yeah, this is my it. this is my number one fucking thing that I hate about the National Hockey League. I hate this. This grinds me to my core. I hate the disconnect and I get you don't want to overpromise something that won't happen. But I hate sure. the, dis- the disconnect that is healthy scratches and injuries in the NHL. When someone like Igor Shosturkin is out. Right when someone like Adam Fox is on long time injury reserve, when someone like that, prolific players like that, 
you can't even get a straight answer. I, I drives me up the wall. Even oh, Filipino, yeah. right? He, he, Filipino has had three concussions, bad ones, before the age of twenty-five. His career as a hockey player, not just in New York, as a hockey player, is up in the air. He might not be able to return to the skates and be able to play hockey anymore because it might be too dangerous. That is terrifying to hear. I can't imagine what he's going through, right? But I don't right. fucking know because no one will say anything to me. I hate like well, the it's an upper body, it's a lower body. Like there's a lot of upper body parts and there's a lot of lower body is it like his is it his toe is it his pinky finger like what like you have to i'm sorry for people like us right the everydayers you have a moral obligation to tell me what the fuck his shit looked like this morning and what he ate for breakfast because i want to know and then when he's out of the lineup because he's hurt for or he's got maybe personal stuff going on or there's you know death in the family like just tell me that because then I'll just leave you he's alone out for personal reasons like Nikita Zaitsev missed uh like two Blackhawks games and they just said it was personal reasons and that was it that was the end of the conversation the problem is is when you're saying like it's an organizational decision we don't have any comments at this time and you say that every single presser all it does is just reinforce the the speculation of be like Oh, and especially, especially with everything that happened in the Blackhawks organization um, during the 2010 Cup run that just came out like three years ago, two, three years ago about Kyle Beach and the sexual assault allegations and the sexual assault cover-up story, basically. You know, it, it, you have the, the league has zero fucking trust for the Blackhawks. And it's deservably so. You're talking about a GM that covered up sexual assault, a coach that said the cup run is more important than than your 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 first round picks fucking mental health that ended up he he got labeled a fucking problem and a bust because he was trying to speak out about getting fucking sexually assaulted by the video coach. And you have all of those those fucking situations and 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 now the league and a lot of fan bases have zero trust for you. And now you're sitting here saying like it's an organizational decision. We don't have any. We don't have anything to say on that. No, fuck you that. It's an organizational decision that you made. So you can tell me why the fuck you made it. It's not like you know, Batman just came down and said ban hammer on this guy. He's out. Or you know, like it, you made right. the de- my brother in Christ. You made the decision. <laughs> you got to tell me why you made the decision. I, I'm not going to follow this team. I'm not going to follow every account, everyone's personal Instagrams. I'm not going to look at everything you guys do day to day and preach the gospel of being a Blackhawks fan in your case, right? Preach the gospel every day of your life, accepting what the team puts on the ice every single day and you don't even have the decency to tell me why one of the most important players on my team or could be the most important important player on my team besides you know who he is a hundred percent one of the reasons why i would honestly say one of the reasons why Connor bedard is having the season that he is having in his first year because Corey perry had taken him under his wing and basically just kind of like i am i am your hockey dad you have your dad i am your hockey dad how many videos have i sent you breeze of Connor bedard and Corey perry sitting dude just outside of practice, just fucking feeding one-timers and trying to get that timing down. How many of those have I seen you? Is that something that that is coming from someone who should be an organizational decision as to why they're being sat? If, if, Con- if Connor Bedard, talk. I'm sorry, 
if Connor Bedard is the most important Blackhawk, right, and he's just a fucking apprentice, then how important is the guy who's the master, right? How important is the guy who's the journeyman, the guy who's showing him and teaching him and, and putting in the extra work with him because not only is he, you know, the face of Chicago and pretty much the face of the NHL this year, but he can see that this kid is going to be something much bigger than anyone can even anticipate, what we can even imagine, right? So he's sure. putting in the time. And I've had this conversation with you. Is he doing this because he wants to set – you know, a role for himself that they can't get rid of him because he's the one training Bedard and trying to jive with him. Could be, or it could be the opposite, right? He's on a team, he wants to win, and he sees the fire in this kid and wants to get him there because you're going to have a lot better time if you got a high-scoring, prolific player on your team. So why don't I know what's going on with him? I need to know. You know that Parker has no fucking idea what's going on. And you, you basically ripped away his quote-unquote mentor from him and just be like, hey, you know, Corey's not going to be with the team for a while. Well, why? Uh, we'll talk about that later. He's a – Bedard is 18. He has no idea what any of these things mean. He has no idea what any what an organizational decision means, and I could just be completely fucking talking out my ass and totally naive to the fact that that is a grown man playing fucking hockey at the, at the highest fucking level. But, you know, regardless – you don't just fucking say it's an organizational decision and we will get you the answers when we have the answers. What do you mean? What do you mean when you have the answers? This is some fucking 22, 23-year-old hotshot hockey player that's just that is it has a fucking drug addiction or whatever de- developed because he doesn't, you know, he does, he has too much money and not enough fucking sense. You know, we're talking about a a, a veteran hockey player with a family who you brought on to basically become like the biggest mentor to Connor Bedard and you're just sitting him for whatever fucking reason and not telling a single soul about it. How does that make any sense? And I got to believe, right? Because of what I've seen from Connor Bedard, I got to believe, right? That this is probably affecting him at least a little bit mentally because he gives a shit about his team. Connor Bedard is, he may be a young boy, and I say boy because he's 18 years old. He's a young boy. He's the youngest he can physically – like he's so young he cannot play in the American Hockey League. The rule is you got to be 19. So for Connor Bedard, this is so funny. I love this rule. I think it's hilarious. He either goes to the National Hockey League or he goes to another organization because he can't, even go, he can't even go to your farm team because he has to be 19. So he's too young to even play for your farm team, and he's playing in the National Hockey League. But from day one, from the jump, right, this kid has always been – he, his that picture that goes around, right? First assist because they won. Smiles, cheese. It's picture day in fifth grade, right? Mm-hmm. And first goal, first goal in the NHL, and it's like literally like someone shitting his cornflakes. Like he's just yep. not even happy. He's just like, yeah, I have a puck. It's I, like, I'll just send this. I'll send this home to my mom to put on the mantle, but it means absolutely nothing to me, right? Right. So. It's got to be affecting the team. It's got to be affecting everything, especially that leaves a huge hole, right? That's a scory Perry. Like that, that no, leaves yeah. a huge hole in your, in your team general. And yeah. like, no offense to Chicago. We talked about this. You can't afford to have a hole that big on a team that's trying to jive and, and retool and become, you know, one of these other teams like in Arizona or something coming up that has the, the same shit that they had last year, basically, but tooling it in a way that, that works for them. You could be yep. those people, but these stupid things looming over the back of our head that we don't know about, they take away from what it is. And look, if Corey Perry is a piece of shit, right? Let's just let's just live in that space for a second, okay? Mm-hmm. If he's a piece of shit that did something bad, I want to know, right? 
because I want to keep yeah. him out of my mind and realize that this guy ain't it. But when he's doing everything right and being the mentor to what could arguably be the next best hockey player of all time, and you don't tell me why, I got an issue with that. I really do oh, have yeah. an issue with that. Okay, we're spending a little too much time talking about Corey Perry and, and, You're right. and the You're right. organization. Um, You're right. Let me You're right. let me blow through the last week since the last time we talked because you know Go they decided it. to play more than just one game. Um, to, uh, always nice. Well, I don't know about that because in the midst of that, they were on a five game. The Hawks were on a five game losing streak, and honestly, it was getting it was looking to the point where like, would are they ever going to win a game? Yeah, that doesn't um, look nice. No, started from the the 18th. We'll start the uh, which was last Saturday. It was the last time that you and I talked, uh, at least as far as like the podcast. But four to two loss against Nashville, um, three to two loss against Buffalo, seven to three loss against Columbus, and a glorious four to three win in overtime against Tampa. Wait, or I'm not Tampa, Toronto. Which that's it. Give us the cup. Season's over. Amazing. Let's go. Uh, we we just swept the season series against uh, against Toronto, and I was uh, Connor Bedard owns Toronto. Yep, he gives the organization. The, he is he is the mayor of Toronto. Yep, mayor of Toronto town. Um, I will say that even though there was a handful, there was a lot of losses in that that four game stretch there, with the exception of Columbus's loss, uh, the, the loss against Columbus. Um, they were in every single game and it was kind of decided by, you know, an, either an empty net or just a, a shit goal at the end that just kind of like put the nail in the coffin. But they were in every single game. The Columbus game, I don't understand. I want to chalk that up to the Corey Perry situation and it's just kind of weighing on everyone because that was really like the first day that everything happened. Um, so I, I'm, I'm liking the way the Hawks are playing so far. It just all boils down to that defense, um, especially yesterday's game against uh, Toronto, where Seth Jones took like a very unnecessary penalty that almost cost the game. Um, and the like the kind of like towards the end of the third, um, and also a lot of weird pinching opportunities that Seth Jones took that led to odd man rushes and almost led to William Nylander, future Blackhawk, to score the game winner. That went. Did you watch that by the way? Post crossbar, oh, uh, post yeah, out. I- I watched the I watched that whole shit. And and let me say let me say to this to that since we're on that real quick I just want to hit that game really quickly. Mm-hmm. So the the I said last week that Colorado is like a, a a gauger, right? A gauger of where your team is, right? Toronto's a really a really good team to go against because the offense is high, they're going to score a lot, but they leave a lot of opportunity for you to score too. And it's good because it gives you that like you know, that boost that your team needs. You guys needed a win bad, right? You guys needed a win big time. And in my opinion, uh, with the other games, you should have won or lost. It doesn't really matter. What it came down to is you're playing a team like Toronto, the most popular team in, in the NHL, right? Like one of the biggest markets. I think they probably make the most money. I think they're above, uh, they're right next Yay. to New York with how much money they make, like, like yearly, right? Because there's just I'm such a have to huge... fact check that because I don't think that's Fact true. check it. I think up there at the top two, highest highest uh gross revenue or are we yeah just... like yeah okay. yearly, yearly revenue right i think it's 2 okay. billion 2.1 billion for new york and i'm sure that toronto's right up there that's why the hockey league loves toronto that's why they're always talking about toronto right anyway regardless it's a team that's offense is so high that they score a lot so they put your goalie to the test but it also leaves your forwards and your back end to do a lot more in their zone because historically their defense has kind of been shit 
That's just what it is. That, that's the mean sure. with Toronto is that their offense is so good. We never talk about how bad their defense is. So it's one of those like games where it's like, yes, Toronto could run away with it by scoring a shit ton and just like killing your team's like momentum. But if you stay in it, uh, this is why I think this is such an important win. If you stay in it, you can prove that you're the better team. Now, now here we go. You're the better team than Toronto, and I personally believe that. you got a better defense, and I think when your guys are clicking, you can be better. they got Austin Matthews, right? they got Nylander. Amazing guys, Hey, real right? quick. Real quick. I'm sorry. I don't mean to, to, to cut you off here. I just looked it up. You're right, by the way. Um, the, I know. The top three is Toronto, New York, and Montreal in that order. Toronto with 2.65 billion, New York with 2.45 billion, mm. um, and the and the Habs with 2.27 billion, and then following up number four would be the Blackhawks at 1.84 billion. I didn't know that, to be quite honest with you. I just thought that, you know, given that it's hockey in Canada and the Hockey Hall of Fame is in Toronto, I just kind of thought that they're just meat riding fucking Toronto just because mm. of like everything that they have. And also the no cups in 67, no appearances in 67, the first round exit every year with the exception of last year, but then get dumped in the second round. So I just kind of thought that that's why they're kind of dick riding Toronto is because it's just, it's low hanging fruit, but no, that makes more sense now. That makes a lot more sense. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's fine. And like I said, I'm, but I usually won't speak about it unless I know or have at least 75% and let you do the rest of it to make me not look so stupid. But I, I, I knew it was You're Toronto up there you next to New York. Like either like number two or number one against New yeah. York. And you were 100% right on that. So that's solid. So that, like I said, when you out, you're playing against Toronto, high scoring. And you can go the distance because usually their game plan is come out like a house on fire, outshoot you put more goals in the back of the net than you do. And that's how they win. Not because defensively they're that great, but Chicago played the gauntlet. They ran with it. They did what they did. Also, I'm sorry, but we all, we need to talk about the unsung hero of that, that whole game, which was Jason Dickinson in his first career hat trick. I don't know if it was first career hat trick, but I mean, the first is the Blackhawk. Disgusting natural hat trick right there. Like it was every single shot looked like it was, it, it had a magnet towards the net like every shot that he took looked like it, it just had like a straight magnet attached to it and you know it was just it, it, every shot and it, it gorgeous toe drag fucking snipes and he it almost feel like after his first goal he was like, like sorokin's fucking gloves or a uh, blocker side is is pretty weak i'm gonna keep hammering that and sure as shit he just every goal came to the blocker side and he was just like to keep hammering this blocker shot until someone stops me or the game's over. <laughs> like, he's like, no one's stopping me. I'm going to keep hammering this blocker side here. <laughs> yeah, one thing, it's Samson, Samson off, but it's okay. And two, okay. Um, uh, you said Sorokin. I mean, if they had oh, Sorokin, if they had, if they had Sorokin, that Toronto would probably be the best team in the league and there's nothing we could do to stop think, him. It would be disgusting. <laughs> did you talk about... Did you yeah, talk I said about Sorokin? I, okay. I said Sorokin and I said uh, Vasilevsky earlier, so that's probably why it was in my head. All right. Okay, yeah, it's a great goalie. It's a great goalie, though. That'd be great for them. But... Oh, they're both named Ilya. That's why. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's why I was like, why, why am I speaking of Sor- or, uh, Sorokin? Because they're both cl- named fucking Ilya. <laughs> to close off the, that that run that didn't end, that wasn't so great, but ended good with that I win. What what the point is that I'm trying to make is the fact that when you got to overtime, right? It was it was now, in my opinion, it was it was Blackhawks country, bro. They had sure. 
Connor Bedard had probably about five or six high danger shots. And look, it was funny too because I saw they were double shifting Bedard, or at least Bedard was, was double shifting himself. He was double like, shifting himself. I don't know because that whole line was on the ice for like four and a half minutes. Yeah, and I saw that, that they were doing that. Line. I saw that he was out there, and I saw that they kept running with it, and I was like, and, and look, from an outside perspective, right, even from my dad's perspective, is probably like the sentiment of, we're just trying to get Connor the overtime win. And I'm saying, I don't think that's it. I think this kid is fired the fuck up to be in overtime right now. This is what he was bred for. He the kid has never hockey, watched man. movies. He doesn't watch, listen to music. He doesn't do anything but eat, sleep, breathe hockey watches, for 18 years he of his watches- life. If he watches a movie, it's game film. If he listens to music, it's Chelsea Dagger by the Fertilities. All right, literally, bro. This dude, he, he, he only he only watches Miracle and Ducks and D two. Right, that's all he <laughs> cares about. Nothing else is. He, he's not watching anything else. And that's what I'm saying. This kid is bred for this moment. I think that he was so jazzed up. He said, "I'm double shifting." Coach said, "Do what the hell you want to do, boy. Go <laughs> do out there, want. do what you want to do." Be eighteen again. He's like, ah, <laughs> you know, oh shit, somebody cares about the game of hockey. Okay, that's crazy. Go ahead. Like, but I think that it was it was a really great win because it was like. It was no, you know what I'm saying? It was just no quit. It was no quit situation. They didn't want to give up. They were pushing through. They were hammering through. And they proved that they can outmuscle Toronto. And look, if you have the capability to do it once, you can do it again. If you can do it again, you can implement that across other games. You can do it other times because, look, the same way that you told me, hey, it's early in the season. It could go the other way for the Rangers. It could do the same thing for Chicago. It could 100%. Easily, and, easily and clinch I like a playoff the, spot. I liked your point. Colorado, like what we talked about last week, with Colorado kind of being that test team, um, I really feel like Colorado is a good test team for the Western Conference, and Toronto is a good test team for the Eastern Conference. And Absolutely, kind of like one of those. So it's like you know they 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 could give you a run for the for the cup. They could go on a tremendous cup run um, if they stop relying so hard on your magical duo of Marner and Matthews. Stop relying so hard on that, and and you know, kind of give the other guys a, a good shot. Like, look what happens when you give William Nylander the, the ice time that he fucking deserves. He goes on almost a 17-game point streak. And uh, I, I I really feel like Toronto's a good, like, kind of like, okay, where are we at? How can we hang? And so far, I mean, like I said, the Hawks sweep the season series against Toronto. So, I mean, that's that's pretty pretty decent in my opinion. That's a That's a good way to, like, all right, this is where we're sitting. We're not quite there yet, but we know we can hang with one of the contenders. So, and it's, they showed that against, against Pittsburgh in the first game, against Toronto, against Tampa, against Florida. You know, they hung right in there with a lot of the, a lot of cup contenders. And so I'm just like, okay, well, the future is there. Like the pieces are are going to be there. It's a matter of how quick are you trying? Are you trying to retool? Are you trying to rebuild? Are we trying to rebuild to the point where, like, okay, we're going to go into another tank, try to get the top three pick, maybe pick up Celebrini, um, see if we can get the number one pick and pick up Celebrini. Or uh, there's another guy, I can't remember his name, who's kind of like one of the top prospects up there, kind of like a Adam Fintilli situation. Um, but, um, or are you trying to, are we just going to try to make this a quick retool? And we're going to just try to build a team around Connor in the next couple of years and then become, because next year we have Frank Nazar and Oliver Moore coming up. Like they're finishing up call. They're playing in college right now and they are just absolutely lighting it up in college. Like they look like Connor Bedard in, uh, with the Regina Pats. 
um, it's ridiculous. Like they're just, they're doing amazing. They're doing exactly what you want your, your prospects to do. Um, granted, albeit, yeah, whatever it's college in comparison to the NHL, but I really feel like once Frank Nazar comes up, once Oliver Moore comes up, I want to see them give my boy Marcel Marcel a shot. Um, Lucas Reichel finding a spot with, with Philip Kurashev, which we need to start a dialogue about him. Holy fuck. I think this is like the first game in, uh, in a, uh, last night or yesterday was like a, the first game in a span of like 10 to 12 where he didn't have a point and or a goal. And yeah, that an absolute fucking unsung hero gets moved to the first line with Bedard and, um, and Reichel. Um, Reichel is starting to kind of come into his own. And I knew putting him on the same line with, um, uh, what's it called with, with Bedard and, and then having Korchinski on the same line as well. I knew it was going to work out. And that's why I texted you yesterday. I was like, dude, um, Reichel, Bedard and Kurashev, the real kids line. And, uh, now, right. Rest in peace. Kids line, New York. It's fucking like, this is the real kids line. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, dude, I just... I'll pass that to you. I, 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 you can have that. Honestly, you know what? Yes, we're, I'm passing the torch down to you. New York no longer has the kid line. You have the kid line. It's we your have kid's the legit line. Kid you earned line, it. Yeah. You earned it. <laughs> but I, 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 I'm liking the way things are going. But again, it kind of stems of like, what are you trying to do? You're trying to like rebuild so in three to five years we'll be a contending team and, and we're going to be fucking gross? Or um, are you trying to retool in two to three years and be... And be just as nasty with kind of the same core, but adding on a bunch. I, I really feel like Taylor Hall just got really fucked over in this year. Um, the injury yes. bug. You hate to see it, bro. You hate to see it. Yeah, the injury bug really caught him hard. But um, you know, I kind of hope that they give him, um, give him more of a shot next year, and just be like, hey, we're gonna just we're just gonna run it back. We're just gonna run it back, stay healthy. <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. But anyway, that was a long-winded, long-winded uh what's it called? Explanation. But you know, whatever. Five game losing streak ends with Toronto in an overtime win, and and of course it's Kevin Korchinski that puts it in the back of the net to end it. So I was I was really fucking happy about that. I was really happy about the game. They played really well against a, a top contending team. I'm happy with it. Um that's all I honestly. That's all yep. I want to talk about because the last four games, I don't, I didn't really feel like there was a need to, no, to talk about that, it. It's just one of those. It's just one of those stretches. Like they happen every year. Yep. It's just one of those stretches that's just like, oh my god, can this end already? Okay, hey, look, it happened. You can't change it now. Like you ended right. on a high note. It doesn't matter what you did. It matters what you do tomorrow. So right, it's all it's all good. Chicago's looking all right right now. Like I said, you can't lose, right? Just retool, keep doing what you're doing, and and making sure that you're progressing every single day. And Chicago's yep. going to be fine. Right now, like I said, there's plenty of season left. In the same way you said it could flip for New York if we're not careful, it absolutely can happen the same way for Chicago. So, 100%. All right. Moving, so speaking yes. of ending on a high note, and I really can't wait to talk about this, let's dive into the third of fourth week weeks of diving into division. Um, we got a really exciting division to talk about here, and I'm super fucking stoked to talk about it. Let's break down the Pacific Division and how surprising it is. A quarter of the way through right. the season. Oh yeah, all right. I'm super down for this. Um, so 
obviously we'll start from the bottom up and move up to from the worst to the best obviously um we're going to start with San Jose obviously it's it's just not it's just not good for them right <laughs> it's a uh, it's not a it, it's it's not even a joke it's not even even something that is worth even I mean, you can say whatever you want, but for me, it's not anything right. that's worth talking about. The team's just not there. It, it, it is a, it is a, it is a sad season for them. And like I said, I hate talking like this because it, it makes you know it makes you feel like an asshole. It makes you feel like you're picking on them. But it's just the truth. They're not there. They lost. You know, one of the best defensemen right now went to Pittsburgh, and it feels like as soon as he one left, of the it best felt like defenseman in like the past decade. First of all, yeah, like I want yeah, I want to point that out. You lost two of them. Two of the best defensemen that you've had yeah. on your team in the past decade, you lost them, and they're thriving elsewhere. It That's seems not like as a soon as scenery thing. No, it seems like as soon as he left, it was like, all right, we're taking for picks. We do not give a fuck what happens for the rest of the year. There was no chance we can do anything without this guy. And I don't know if that's the case, right? But I mean, in, in a few years ago, if you would have said that San Jose is going to be the worst team in the entire league, I'd be like, uh, that's uh, that's kind of a stretch. I don't think that, that it's possible to fall that far from grace. But I and mean, it goes back. It, it goes back to what I said like two, three weeks ago before we even started doing this breakdown thing of. Seven years ago, this team was in the Stanley Cup final. Yep. And now they are literally the basement of the NHL, not just the Pacific, the NHL, where they're they're refueling that tank with every loss. And it just, it's very surprising and a little fucking sad to see. But, you know, I got, I got, you know, kind of got fan. I got, I got a soft spot for San Jose, to be quite honest with you. I got a real big soft spot for him. Um, I think they'll be back. Uh, they just need to, I don't know. I don't know what needs to change. I don't know if it's the, um, what's it called? If it's a GM that's got to change, if it's a coaching staff that's got to change, or if it's just like, you know, just a shit season, just write it off and start over next year. It's the mentality, you know? bro. It's, it's the mentality and you can't be this discombobulated and all over the place in a, in a league that's this competitive and good. And yep. any team can run away with it at any point. It's so early in the season that any team can get it together and do what they need to do. I'm happy that my team's at the top half of that so that it's like we have a little bit more to work with because it's a scary league. It is scary the amount of people that they have on every team, on every line that is so good. And I don't think San Jose is going to get it together. Definitely not this year. It's not too late, but at the same time, it's like, okay, we can get it together and move up and do some shit. It's like, well, I mean, t- look at your division, right? Your division is is not going to be easy this year because you're playing at the bottom half of a team, which I think yep. the Pacific Division, in my opinion, is one of the lighter divisions, personally, sure. because historically, 100%. historically, the teams that play in there usually aren't very good. Now, eventually, people have to win and people have to lose, but... If you're playing bottom of the barrel of the Pacific, uh, I mean, it's it's just not going to be an easy year for you. And I think that San Jose is going to have to come correct next year. And they're just tanking for picks at this point. Who gives a fuck, right? Let's get our own Connor right. Bedard in here and and try to and try to build a team around him, right? Because this just isn't working. It's not going to work for us. Trying to get creamy for Celebrini. Yep, there I you agree. Go. I, uh, <laughs> um, pretty much all that you can really say about San Jose, just you know, whatever you know. It, a lot can fucking change, all right? Because in 2019, St. Louis was the bottom of the fucking barrel, and they turned everything around in, what was it, four months and won the Stanley Cup. So 
a lot can happen. It's a long season. I don't see that happening for Saint for San Jose. But you know, I, I got I got faith that they'll they'll right the ship if need be. Um, I really feel like maybe a, a change in head coach because it just kind of like feels like it, it feels and looks like they're playing when they they that they don't have any respect for their coach. Um, and, yeah, and it, it, like I said, it, it, that is what it is. And if you roll into Edmonton, it's it's almost the same thing. But here's the thing. I've been saying this for years, right? For the last couple seasons, at least, right? Edmonton's is the same way where they're just not a very good team. They just have two mm-hmm. of the best players ever to touch the ice, at, at least in recent years, on the on carrying the team to success. You saw the downfall of them in the playoffs. You saw what happened to Edmonton. Like even having Connor McDavid is not enough to win hockey games. Then you know it's like your team is just not there. That 100 percent wins games, defense wins championships. The biggest thing that they're lacking right now is quality goaltender. Uh, look, I like Stuart Skinner. I really do. I like Soupy, man. I like Campbell, but he's getting lit up in the AHL right now. It's obviously not just it. it it's a skill issue at that point. Of it's course, I'm issue. saying it's a skill issue, and of course, as I'm saying that. While I'm not a professional hockey player, but I know enough to fucking comment on it, obviously. Otherwise, I wouldn't do this. But true, you know, you gotta ditch a defenseman like Darnell Nurse, man. <laughs> he's obviously he's not fucking helping. He's the Seth yeah. Jones of of Edmonton, lacking the the offensive production. Um, if you couldn't tell, I really don't like Seth Jones, but <laughs> fair. But you gotta, you gotta do fucking something. You need, you know what Edmonton needs to be in is the fucking sweepstakes for William Nylander. That's who. Oh, he, that's yeah. that they he they that William Nylander, I believe, is kind of like one of those franchise turning players. Um, you know, he's not quite up there with the skills of like Marner or Matthews or Drysidle or McDavid, but he's right there. He's like it in a one. But one, two, three list, he's like 2A. You know what sure, I mean? Sure. But um, again, that brings to the point, which is my entire point of this entire – that entire franchise in general, right? Throw whoever you want at it. You have Connor McDavid. Throw any other hot, even great, semi-great forward on there. Like, again, it's an issue that is your team needs to be restructured. And this is not – we've been talking a lot of this year about retooling because full-blown rebuilds don't need to happen to a lot of these teams. They just need to be retooled. Edmonton needs to be fully nuked and built from the ground up because they're just trying to live off of – like, they're doing the same thing that so Toronto's saying, doing, but they're not, but they're not they doing to, it well. Are you saying they need to, like, you know, ditch McDavid and, and Dreisaitl? I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying what you got surrounded him, them two surrounded by those other players and everything that's going down, especially defense and especially goaltending. It's never going to live up to the, the the players that you have there. You have a better chance of dumping the team and pulling up a bunch of young, hungry guys and teaching them the way you want to play hockey instead of having a whole team that has bad, bad tendency. It's it's what we talked about the other day, right? You bring a guy up from a young league and put him straight into the NHL. He doesn't have tendencies that are bad to break. You have a whole team's worth of guys that do not play the way that needs to be played. Mm-hmm. And then you put the two best players in the league in that on that team. And then say, all right, make it happen. That's a lot to put on those guys' shoulders. It's not feasibly possible in a league like today before 
right? Matthews ran away with everything because he scored so much, right? Matthews was is the face of Canada, Toronto. Oh my God, he's the best, he's the best, he's the best, he's the best. But then when you get to real hockey, which is the playoffs, it just doesn't work, right? That, and that's the joke. You brought it up. It's They're always the first round exit. They're going to make the playoffs, but they're always a first sure. round exit. They're so always a first round exit. You have the same thing happening with always the team. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Literally. It's 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 just not going to happen in a league like today. It needs to go through a major nuking and literally rebuild. Bring up some guys that are hungry. Teach them the way you want them to play hockey. And let those two amazing generational, going to go down in the history books as one of the craziest pair in hockey. Give them the tools they need to succeed because you're not doing it now. Unfortunately, it's not going to happen with Edmonton right now, and that's what I personally believe because you can see it. You watch it happen. You only ever see these two guys doing what they need to do, and the rest of it is just like lackadaisical, not really yeah. trying. I mean, look, if I'm playing on a line with him, if I'm playing on a line with like if I'm playing on a line with someone who's as everyone in the league's favorite player or known as the best player in the league by every player unanimously, right? He's always at the top of everyone's list. I'd be working my ass off to get him the puck. I'd be doing everything I can to, you know, to make sure that he has the puck. And then if I was on another line, I'd be working my ass off to defend until that guy gets back on the ice. Even if that's the mentality, right? It's better yeah. than what they got going on right now. That's fair enough, man. Um, I really feel like, I mean, there's really not much else that you could say about that. Either ditch McDavid and Dreisaitl and rebuild straight from the fucking bottom or try to build around them because you have two generational talents on your fucking team. You have one or two options here. It's not build enough anymore. Them. It's not the, the two options that you have right now that are on your squad that have been there since day one. It's not enough. It's obviously something's not working. Like I said, and I will continue to say until I am proven fucking wrong, offense wins games, defense wins championships. You don't have a defense. Put it on you're my tombstone, win, bro. You're not going to win anything. You're not going to win anything if you don't have a fucking defense. That's great. Mm -hmm. You can score nine fucking goals, but guess what? You don't have a fucking defense. Your opponent is going to score 10 goals. Thanks. You know, you know what I mean? Thanks. Um, these next three, Anaheim, Calgary, and Seattle, you can kind of lump all together. They're a team that, that, that should be better than what they are. Anaheim sitting at 18 points at 9, 11, and 0. Calgary sitting at 19 points with 8, eight 9, and 3. Seattle being 8, 9, and 5 with 21 points. Um, you got to be fucking better. Uh, you're, you're talking yeah. about you, you just got to you got to play fucking better. I don't know what's going on with Anaheim. You feel you would feel like almost Trevor Zegris is kind of playing with a little bit more uh, pep in his step after signing an extension. Maybe he's pissed off at the extension that for two reasons: one that it took so long to get, or two that it was so low. He, he wants to play in Southern California. He wants to bring a cup back home to Anaheim, and it just feels like maybe Anaheim isn't doing anything to reciprocate that. Um, whatever the case may be, you need to figure it the fuck out. Calgary is one of those teams that, that, uh, that could be a perennial, um, playoff team. Um, always good in the second half of the season, always shit in the first half of the season. So you got a lot of fucking ground to make up for. Definitely didn't expect them to be fifth in the Pacific, especially with kind of, let's be honest. And we said it, uh, it and, and, and until they prove us wrong, we're going to keep saying it. The Pacific is a pretty weak division. Okay, you want to stack it up against the Metro, you want to stack it up against the Central, the Atlantic, it doesn't matter. They're a pretty fucking weak division. I don't care what anyone says. Um, the only reason that it makes it, the, the only reason why the Pacific is even difficult is because of the Golden Knights in it, or, you know, or the Kings, or 
or or, the, or Vancouver this year. Yeah, yeah, or we'll, this we'll, year, Vancouver. We'll, we'll fucking we'll fucking get to that because holy shit, um, Seattle. You're talking about a team that went to the fucking conference finals last year, and they're sitting at at, at a uh, four seventy seven fucking winning percentage. Um, that's not that's not how you want to replicate, um, you know, a, a a year that you kind of blew expectations out of the water and was what one game, two games away from from your first Stanley Cup berth. Um, you just I don't I don't know what the fuck's going on, it, and it and it could be Philip Grubauer in that. I don't know. It could be the fact that you made no moves in the off season or at the deadline last year to to kind of to, to build your lineup and you're just kind of running it back with the same crew. Like that's not always going to work out for you. you. You're, you're not Vegas. I'm sorry that you're, you're not Chicago circa 2010 to 2017. You no. can't run it back. You can't run it back with the same lineup and expect the same results. All right. That only happens to a very, very small percentage of teams that, that will show dominance. You know what I mean? Like Vegas, they would they've won the Pacific every fucking year, I think, except for one. But they they've won the Pacific every year and they've made deep playoff runs, whether it be a Stanley Cup final, whether it be a win or a loss, whether it be a conference championship or just making it to the dance, whatever. But you can't you can't sit there and just rely on on being good in the regular season. Or, or to try to recreate with the same lineup of what you did last year. I mean, Seattle came out of fucking nowhere and was hanging in the top three all year last year. The problem was is they relied too much on that lineup that they didn't do anything and traded away pieces in the offseason that was a high scoring. Like like uh, uh, Connor Geeky was one of your top scoring players last year during your during your entire run and you traded him away you can't why that that would that would honestly be like the blackhawks trading philip kurashev because he's got a high trade value you have an opportunity to shock the world here you're not doing shit with it what are we doing is it a coaching issue is it an assistant coaching issue is it a skill issue (laughs) what's that what's happening but you're sitting with a negative 16 point differential right now and albeit it's only a we're only a quarter of the way through the season but but that's not that's not reminiscent of a team that just went to the conference finals or not conference finals the the round before but still you had an opportunity had an opportunity to shock the world you you did shock a little bit because it's like holy fuck dude the kraken are actually winning games this is fun to watch to now you're just in the middle of a pack hope to sneak in on the last spot you know not really doing anything with it i'll i'll say it like this too so it's again a weaker division i mean if you look at the other the other divisions it's so stacked it's insane like so it's a weaker division but in one way it's the same the western the two western conferences the western conference in general those two teams those two divisions sorry central and pacific they're the same in one way this year where if you look at the middle of the road right it all makes sense. Like, not from seasons past. If you see the Pacific and the Central, those teams that are in the middle can all flip flop, and it's the same. Yeah, the, the teams can flip flop. They're all the same, and literally, there's not much that that would shock you if they did change. But I'll I'll put it this way, right? 
Calgary doesn't surprise me. It's Calgary. And and they'll always be the team that Kadri got dumped by Jacob Truba and then craziest hit, blew his helmet <laughs> off his head to the sky. That's what yeah, I'll I always remember. That. Remember the Flames <laughs> as being that. But, you know, Anaheim, house money to be one of the worst teams in the league, to be floating in the middle, and you could take it to the, you know, the fourth, the fourth place at any moment. I, I, again, house money. And the only other thing is, besides this year and knowing what this year is and what it looks like, it makes sense that they're all there, but again, it doesn't make sense for Seattle to be where they are when they were doing what they did last year. But it's the same thing I said as the Central. Any of those teams can flip-flop. Any of those teams can move up and down and make that fourth-place spot, and it wouldn't surprise you. But again, there's expectation for Seattle to be better, and there's expectation for Anaheim to be worse. But, you know, such is, such is hockey, and that's just how life goes sometimes. Yep, yep. All right, let's uh, let's start breaking down these top three here. So in third place, we have the Los Angeles Kings going 12-3 and 3 at 27 points. The Vancouver Canucks, 14-6-1 and one with 29 points. And, of course, you have the Golden Knights um, at 14-2. Uh, I'm sorry, 14-4-2 and two with one of those overtime losses coming against Chicago in T-Mobile. But, you know, we'll, you know we could talk about that uh, some other time. But <laughs> with 30 points. Um, Well, for honestly, for for LA, I mean, they could have always been a good team. I just had to get it together. They're showing now that they can, right? LA is yep. a team that kind of has other Pacific teams' numbers, and it's a scary team to see when you're going up against them if you're in the Pacific, right? Because that's a team that you want to beat. They haven't been good for a little bit, but I guess they decided let's just uh, let's just turn it on. Let's just make it happen with Los Angeles, and. I, it's working, right? So it, it's it's becoming a thing that you didn't expect it, but it makes sense. So Los Angeles being in the third spot doesn't surprise me, and I think that it is a uh, it's going to stay the same because I mean the teams in the Pacific here are just they're just not very good. All the other teams below them are just not very good, and I think that it is is going to continue to stay that way. I, I don't really think that. I don't really think that there's anything else that can be said about Los Angeles. They're good now. They were shitty before. I don't know. What what else can be said about Los Angeles, right? I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I can't really say much about... um... Can you hear me all right? Yeah, you're good. Okay, cool. Sorry, I've... uh... I'm having problems with my my headphoning system here. I need a fucking better system. It's a skill issue. This is is for sure a skill issue. Um, No. Look, Los Angeles is is a good team. They've always have been a good team. It's just now they're finally coming back into their own and believing their own press in the right way. Um, just it just looks like fucking um, you know L.A. of old. So you like to see it? Yeah, um, not for me. I know. I I mean, I fuck. Yeah, no, I. <laughs> I mean, would you, you the reason that Henrik Lundqvist doesn't have a Stanley Cup? I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all right. It's not like, you know, the offense and defense totally fucking, you know, shit the bed. But whatever, that's just it me. It did. It absolutely did. But goddamn, it's Henrik Lundqvist, man. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm so upset. I told you I hate, I hate every iteration that played in front of Henrik Lundqvist because they fucked him somehow in some way. It's okay because there was a um... – in 2014, when the the Hawks were in the, I think I believe is the Western Conference Final, um, playing the Kings, and it was a bullshit. Should have been offside, um, kind of dump in, and 
ended up ending the Blackhawks season right then and there in overtime. So trust me, I get it. I fucking hate the Kings. Um, but you cannot deny that they're a good team. Oh, I mean, so. look, look, they, they have always had the capability to be great. They fell short a couple seasons, but I mean, they're kind of back true to form. It is what it is, right? That's, that's enough said about the fucking Kings. But the Canucks give no fucks. Wow. That, that to me, is one of those upsets this year that I'm like, what the fuck's going on, bro? That's crazy. Right. No, 100%. Like, that is definitely a... Uh... Bro, that's a team that came out of fucking nowhere. Um, that's big facts, bro. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I'm I'm well-versed enough to be talking about the Canucks right now because I have not watched a single game. I have not watched a single Canucks game because I'm just sitting there thinking like, well, it's the fucking Canucks. You know, I'm not really worried about the Canucks. Now I feel like I'm a little sure. worried about the fucking Canucks right now, bro. <laughs> just they're, They are a team that's just kind of like, shit, bro. Where did you come from? You're sitting in second in the Pacific. You're 14, six, and one. You're playing really good fucking hockey. You're gelling together really nicely. I just, wow. That's all I can fucking say. And the only thing that I can say as well as that is I'm going to be tuning into more Canucks games because I love watching fun hockey. And they are playing some real, real fucking fun hockey. They got a plus 33 goal differential. Um, they're 6-4-0 and in the last 10. 7-1-1 at home. That's fucking fun to watch, Here, man. Here's here's the thing for them. It's the same thing with the Rangers where it's like you'll watch games and some of them are blowouts, but they're doing the same thing that the Rangers do where it's like they might not even deserve to win the day, but they find ways to win. Those are the sure. teams that go the distance, right? Those are the teams yeah. that continue to win and do better and and continue to progress their points lead in this in this league as it progresses and gets deeper and deeper and closer and closer to the playoffs. They find ways to win. And honestly, Hey, dude, not in my division, so you love to see it. Everybody loves an underdog story. Like I said, when the Rangers were out and Florida was doing their thing last year, I was like, hey, bro, everybody loves an underdog story. You don't deserve to be here, says who? Prove them wrong. Be that yeah. team. Be them people. 100%. And Canucks are going to have, like I said, they're going to have that whole Western Conference's number if you underestimate them because if they're doing it now, they can do it later. I get it's a long season, but what changed? Not much. But they know, but they know what it takes to, to, to perform at that high of a level. So big facts. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we'll see, we'll see what happens with them. Like you said, if you're not watching connects games now, it's probably a good time to start tuning in because they're looking pretty damn good. But let's talk about, you know, the behemoth. Let's talk about the team that is prolific defending Stanley cup champions. You got to give them the title. They earned it. The uh, Vegas golden Knights. Dude, I honestly, there's not much that you could say other than a team that knows, knows what to do to win, knows how to win properly. And they're just doing just that. 14-4-2, in their last 10, albeit they kind of came down to the stratosphere a little bit, so they're kind of starting to see the human side to them. Plus 21, goal differential, 8-1-1 at home, 6-3-1 away. Um, those are numbers of a good team. That's a, They're just a good team. I don't know how else to say it. I hate the Golden Knights. I am not a big fan of the Golden Knights. But again, exactly what you said. They're in the Pacific. You love to see it. Just keep carrying on. Now, if you're ever playing the the, the Blackhawks, even at the playoffs or regular season, I wish you nothing but a fucking insane downfall. But that's just a hater in me. What can I say? But um, 
I'm going to work both sides, right? I'm going to play devil's advocate for both sides. There are a lot of things being said. Team didn't deserve the Stanley Cup. They haven't been in the league long enough. They oh, haven't bullshit. done this. They haven't done that. Blah, blah, blah. And I'll tell you this. That's my number one gripe with life, right? Boomers telling me that I can't be a manager, that I can't be, you know, someone in charge, a director because of my age for being young. That's the same thing, right? It's not, it's, and hockey is about history. And that's where you lose me on Vegas because they don't have it. And that's what I love about hockey is the history, the matchups historically. But if you show up, if you play, if you do what you're supposed to do and you earn your spot, you earned your spot. That's just what it is. You earned your spot to compete to take home the Stanley Cup. That's what they did, and they won. Now, again, I hate that argument because it's so stupid to me. And I get it because, like I said, I like the history. I like the culture. You know, I like all the stuff that used to happen in New York. I like all of the goalies that we've had and, and iterations. You know, players go to different teams. It's fun to watch them. You know, you know how I like sure. it in New York. I love all of that stuff. But to flip it, it's not hard to be a juggernaut team in the in the division you're playing in. And that's going to sound haterish. It is a little haterish, but okay. to stand at the top of the division you're at, yeah, you better fucking because if you don't, then you're not very good. Now, minus Canucks and minus LA, right? You'd still be third in that division probably without any hassle or 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 any fight at all, right? So you're going to make it and that's the thing. They make it their way. They make their way into the playoffs, and they only missed it, I think, once or twice, right? Like, they didn't – like, the fact of the matter is it's not going to be hard to make it out of the West. It's not going to be hard to make it out of the West. I say this all the time. You make it out of the East, you got a real chance of winning the Stanley Cup. Real, And that's not just because there's only one other team, right? It's because you had to battle your way through to get there. But on the flip token, on the other side of that coin, it's the same thing that happened to Florida. You have to battle your way out of the East. You have to fight tooth and nail to get it out. And then you make it to the Stanley Cup. And honestly... Vegas didn't have that hard of a time. You can attribute it to their team. You can attribute to what they did. That's fine, and I'll give you that. But at the same time, you didn't have to face what everyone else had to face in the East to get out of there. You know, It's grueling. It beats you down. And when you're talking about another series of seven, and then another series of seven, and then another series of seven, then you got to play a Stanley Cup, a best of seven. It wears you down, man. And at that point in the year, at that point in the season, post regular season where you just had to fight tooth and nail. Yeah. Uh, Vegas was the better team. They were much more seasoned. They're much more like stacked with veterans and they already well, they knew what their what plan was. To win, though. Exactly. They know I, I'm not arguing that for sure. Well, well, here's, here's my thing, right? So I understand. I want to, I want to kind of piggyback on something that you said about the Pacific. I get it. You know, it's not a hard division to win in 100%, but you're not talking about a team that is kind of like middle of the row and just happen to be, you know, like kind of shitty, but you're number one in the Pacific because it's, it's good. They are a dominant team. You're talking about number two in the league under Boston above the Rangers. So it's like, obviously thing is going correctly. Something, something that you're doing is working. Now I get it last year that they had a kind of like an easier route to the playoffs in comparison to, the the eastern conference they had an easier route to the playoffs or in the playoffs to the stanley cup but at the same time it doesn't matter what's easier what's harder right it's not like they got to choose that they're in the western over the eastern they're playing the the hand that they're dealt with the divisions that they're dealt 
It's and it goes it goes for both sides. Obviously, you know, if you're you know, if you're the Rangers, I'm choosing to be in the West. You know what I mean? It's an easier fucking route to to get me a cup. And with the way that the Rangers are kind of uh, with the way the way that the Rangers play, there's no doubt in my mind that they would sweep their way through the fucking playoffs. <laughs> this is the and Eastern, just way more stacked and way has way more star power. But here's my thing. If the Eastern is such a harder division and the team coming out on top loses in the fashion that the Panthers lost five games and got blown the fuck out in game five and game five get blown the fuck out by a team that came through like an easier way. I don't know if there's really an argument for that. You got to play the same amount of games. You got to win 16. You know what Nick, I mean? I, I lo- I, you're right, and I love you, brother. But here's the thing. You don't want me to get into this. You don't want me to get into this because I will tell you exactly how it happened. You don't want me to get into it. You don't. Say you don't. If we had more time, I yeah, want to. Just, just, say, just, just say you don't and we'll move on because I, fuck I it up. I'm ripping it real quick. This is what it is. Rip it Florida, real quick. We're cutting it close on time. Right? Right, fine. R- ripping it real quick. Florida had to fight their way into the playoffs okay this is, look and look before i even get into this they're the defending stanley cup champions vegas deserves to be where they are i'm not saying anything about it but here let me break this down real quick they had to fight tooth and nail to get in they had to play the best team in the league in the first one Agreed. on sheer willpower they had to muscle their way through the entire eastern conference they get all the way as far as they can okay young hungry team that skill is not there they're playing on all heart every game that vegas played against florida was it them? Ex- and this is this comes to the veteranship, and like I said a million times, their coaching staff behind the scenes deserve all the accolades because they expose something different, right? They expose either the screen in Bobrovsky from Vegas. The next game, they took that away. They exposed the screen in front of Bobrovsky from their own guys because they knew they were trying to combat the fact that they were they were screening him. Okay, so that's two games in the banger right there. They had one that was sheer muscle of winning. And then another game that Florida just had nothing left in the tank and was trying to force Vegas to fight. They were hitting stone. They were trying to make them fight and get out of their game. And Vegas wasn't having it because they were seeing the goal line. They saw the light at the end of the tunnel. They saw the cup, and they wanted to take it home. Here's the only thing, right? Vegas is a new team, okay? Think of this because you you talk about this all the time, and this is the last thing I'm going to say. I just want to leave this with you and everybody here, right? Sure, Vegas is at the top of their their division and they made it the, they made it they went the distance sure they did but think about this right when the playoffs stop start it's a different it's a different game okay why is it a different game 80% of that is because it's you know the playoffs now you have to play different you know you got here but none of that shit matters but the rest of it is the division rivalries the division rivalries that they have okay new york and pittsburgh now new york and new jersey new york and the islanders new york and Anyone in our division, it makes it so that you play the nastiest, most physical, aggressive hockey, and Vegas hasn't been around to – you can say, oh, San Jose and this and that. It's like, no, bro, you have not been around long enough to develop a storyline that makes it so it's – okay, it's a midseason game against this team. It's going to be a bloodbath. You don't have that yet. And a lot of t- and it, that might sound stupid, but it's the mental thing, right? It's uh, we're going against Pittsburgh, they hate us. We're going against New Jersey, they hate us. We're going against Boston, we hate them. Like it's these years and years and years of stacked up rivalries that go back hundreds, tens of tens decades, you know, 50 years, 100 years, 75 years, 20 years, 5 years, right? You don't have that for Vegas yet. When Vegas gets a little bit more 
seasoned in the league as in seasons, you're going to see a lot more stuff like it's going to be like a Kings Vegas type of thing. It's going to be like a, you know, maybe a Canucks. It might be developing to that, but you don't have those division rivalries that bring out 120% of the players. They don't have to deal with that. And again, playing in the easiest division, it makes it a little bit easier. That's all I have to say. Don't mean to be a hater about it, but that's my general opinion. And that makes a big difference in hockey. It's fine. I get it. I understand everything that you, I, I understand everything that you said. What I think you're like maybe possibly forgetting is that, you know, it's not like every one of these players were brand new coming onto the Golden Knights. And you know what? I fucking hate you, Breeze, because you have me defending Vegas right now. I, uh, Dowie. It's, huh? Dowie. I Sowie. It's fuck you. It's not like every one of these players has um, brand new to the league. Um, fucking goddamn you, Breezy. Um, no, I, it's not I, like every I, I agree with these, that. I agree no, with listen, that. I agree up. with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. Every one of these players has beef with another team, whether it be an outstanding rivalry from being in the league for 10, 15 fucking years. It doesn't matter. But – there are certain games that they mark on their calendars, right? I get it that the Knights have not been a team long enough to have that division rivalry like the Blues and Hawks, like the Devils and Rangers, like the Islanders and Rangers, like the fucking, oh, God damn you, Breezy. Like like even Nashville and, uh, Nashville and Chicago, whatever. I get it that, that, that Vegas doesn't have that yet. But Vegas is comprised, compi- compiled of a fucking team that absolutely will circle different games on each one of their calendars and be like, we just, for me, as a team, as your captain, as your alternate, whatever, we need to be, we need to beat that. We need to stomp their fucking shit in and we need to shove our cocks so far up their fucking ass that they will taste our cum for a fucking month. But every single player has something like that. My only thing is I 100% understand where you're coming from, where like some of these rivalries have been outstanding for 10, 15, 20, 25, 50 fucking years. I get it. I 100% understand. You could even throw the Hawks and Red Wings into that kind of situation up until the, the, um, the division jostling that moved the Red Wings out of the, out of the Western and into the Eastern or out of the central into the Atlantic, whatever. But you can't sit there and say that there isn't some sort of bad blood between Vegas and X team. There is, because whether you want it to look at, whatever you want to look at it, whether it be in the playoffs or regular season, at one point, Vegas has done a team dirty, whether it be blowing them out 15 to fucking two, whether it be just a real chippy fucking game. Like, Example, the Hawks in Toronto yesterday. Whether you want to, if you want to have that mindset of like, well, they don't have that yet because, you know, they've only been around for seven years, eight years, whatever, six years. They don't have that yet. But you got to also remember that there's still a team compiled from everywhere around the league that hates a certain team. They could have beef with their old team for leaving them on the fucking trading block to get picked up by fucking sure. Vegas in the expansion draft. They could sure. still have that beef, Stanley Cup or not. 
I guarantee Riley Smith right now has beef with fucking Vegas for helping him win a Stanley Cup and then saying see ya and then going to Pittsburgh. I'll, I'll, I, will le- I will leave you with one last thought, okay? Uh, look, and I agree with what you're saying. I'm not saying I don't. And like I said, they're the defending Stanley Cup champions. They get that title all year. They earned it. Like I said, my points were devil's advocate on both sides, but let me let me sure. just say this to you, okay? And you process this. <laughs> Vegas versus Dallas, okay? Nah, good for them, right? Vegas did great. Do you think Dallas would have played that way if they played against Chicago? Do you think if Chicago met Dallas, do you think the caliber of play that Dallas would have had brought to that matchup would not have been at least like 40% tougher? just because of the fact that it was Chicago? I think so. I think so. And That's my my only point. That's my only point. Well, I think so regardless. Because either way, whether you lose to this team or you beat this team, it means moving on. Whether it means beating Chicago or beating Vegas, it means moving on. And it means moving forward. But history has nothing to do with it. Divisionally, it has nothing to do with it. You know what I'm saying? That's my point, right? It's going to be a lot tougher of a matchup because of the history that you have period right it's a team that you gotta beat you have to beat this team and like i said florida dropped the ball but i guess a team like vegas was last year the confidence was sky high right their their gel the way they played you weren't breaking that down you were not going to squeak you weren't just going to sure muscle your way through vegas you did it with every other team you weren't going to do it with with vegas it wasn't going to happen for florida and that and i will say that out loud Vegas played so much better, and not just on the ice. It was everybody behind the bench, everybody on that organization that contributed to making sure that they won that Stanley Cup. Everybody won a ring, not just the players. It was the entire staff. But again, like I said, to play the devil's advocate, it's a different caliber of game. And fortunately for Vegas, they had their game plan ready. And unfortunately for the Rangers, we got bounced in the first round because I really did think it was going to be a Vegas Rangers Stanley Cup. And like I said, I think it would have went a little bit differently. Of course, I'm going to be biased, but I think it would have went a little bit differently, in my opinion. I don't know, man. Just the way that I mean, it, it, it almost seemed like every series that Vegas played, they almost became way more confident in their play, which is why I feel like they, the only reason why Vegas lost one game against Florida was just so they could win the cup on home ice. And that's my conspiracy theory. <laughs> But, hey, bro, uh, that's a good that's a good conspiracy theory. It might have honestly been that. They might have been that. It would have been like, look, we know that we can sweep him because there was no no fucking chance that Vegas was going to lose that series after coming out the first. Nope. I mean, going up three games to none. Like I was just kind of like, hey, man, there's fucking no chance that Vegas loses the series. There's no chance that they drop a three nothing series lead. And I feel like Vegas was just like, fuck this shit. Let's lose one, and then we have to take it back to Vegas. Let's just fucking win it in Vegas. And, that and, and that's that's the kind of shit that like movies are made out of type shit, right? But yeah. it almost felt like and, and and I watched every single Knights game in that playoffs because the Rangers were out. But I watched every single Knights game and it was like every single time that they won a game or won a series, it was like they leveled up in Mario, dude. It was just like something just like we ate a mushroom, now we're double the size, like and it sure. was exactly what you had said. Every every time that they beat a team, they they saw their weakness. It was every time that the reason why that they won was because they capitalized on a weakness that another team didn't see. And they're like, fucking Bob Roski has a shit glove side. 
we're going to keep hammering glove side. Oh, oh yeah. That, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> that, that, again, that was the, th- that was the one I knew I was missing one more, but the, the top shelf glove side, uh, Bobrovsky was the one that, that they really exposed on him. And again, Hey, they're the Stanley cup champions defending for a reason. They did their thing. I, I can't say anything bad about it. I'm just saying, I feel like I look, everything could change, right? Anything could have changed anything that could have led to something different, but I get, this is my job to do to break this down. And, and most importantly, it's to argue with you. If you have an That's, opinion, I have to fucking battle the other way. That's just you, all it is. It's all it will ever be. Look at the end of the day, Exactly what you said. Vegas is Stanley Cup champions. If you don't like them, fucking beat them. And that is it for today. This was a long, long episode, but it was fun. It was really, really fun. Next week is going to be the last division, Atlantic. And speaking of Atlantic, Boston's at the top of that. They just lost to the Rangers yesterday and or two days ago at this point. And now they are not the first in the league New York Rangers are so that's pretty crazy um, upcoming games right now what we got is uh, we got Rangers playing today so Rangers are playing today against the Buffalo Sabres uh, again I don't want to talk out of my ass because you know that's just not something I should do but it's it should be a e- fairly easy game and then uh, the homies in Chicago play on Tuesday tomorrow against the Kraken so it's going to be a 5.30 p.m. game for us, so uh, check it out. And I appreciate everybody for listening. we got lots of stuff coming. Trust me, we're just getting started. So just, you know, bear with us. Um, a lot more fun stuff is going to happen, I, I know for a fact. we got a lot of other cool stuff happening and a lot of things coming down the pipeline here soon. That's uh, it, I think it's going to be worth the wait. So just remember, it's not over until it's over. No quit. And Igor, we trust. Yeah, I'm an idiot. And thank the Lord for CB98. <laughs>